Amen. Some of y'all will get that later. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Some of y'all laughed at me New Year's. But I'm covered from the crown of my head. Nelson. From the crown of my head. Hey, Baba Shah. Yeah, they told me y'all was laughing at me. But I'm covered. To the soles of my feet. Amen. Amen. Lord, if you can't laugh in the house of the Lord, I'm sorry for you. Amen. Glory. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, God, I love you. <laughs> Woo, Jesus. I'm looking at victorious people today. Let me make sure I try to look at everybody. I'm looking at victor hey, victorious people today. Yes, Lord. You are victorious in God. And if I don't say another thing, you walk out that door victorious. Yes, you are. You are victorious. Yes, you are. You are covered. You are covered. You are healed. You are healed. Yes. Every emotional thing, every physical thing, every financial thing that's broken, you are healed in Jesus' name. For it's by the name of Jesus that anything can be done. The blood of Jesus has covered and washed everything that you could ever be concerned about. Amen? Amen. Y'all got that? Well, glory be to God. Go to Romans 8 and 28. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes. You are healed today. Romans 8 and 28. We thank God for the angel of this house. Praise God in his absence, but I believe he'll be here shortly. We thank God for all of our amazing elders and ministers of the gospel. Amen. Give honor where honor is due. Our deacon and our deacons to come. Our wonderful mothers of this house. We honor you both in Jesus' name. And to all of the people of God, the victorious people of God. I can't get that word out of my head. Victorious people. We honor you today, amen. All our visitors, we thank you for coming. Thank you. You could have gone anywhere, but you have come to real life, and we're very grateful. If you have Romans 8 and 28, say amen. 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 I'm going to just go up just a one verse before that, if you don't mind. Now, he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is, because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. I just wanted to read that because I thought it was pretty good. But this is it. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. Now, would you join me over in uh, Jeremiah 29? Jeremiah 29. It's okay to search the scriptures, right? 
Jeremiah 29. And when you get to Jeremiah 29, can you go to verse 11? Amen. And it reads, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. In some of your Bibles, it says an expected end. Lord, we thank you. Your word is already anointed. Bless your people. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to talk to you today about an intentional God. Amen. For we know that all things work together for the good of those that love God and are the called according to his purpose. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of good and not of evil. I want to talk about an intentional God. You know what? As we studied this week um, in Bible study, both Tuesday and Wednesday, we talked about the, 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 the all-breasty one. That means we talked about El Shaddai, almighty God, God that's mighty in battle, the God that nourishes, the God that provides, the God that does all of these things that we need when we need him to do. El Shaddai God. And when I thought about El Shaddai, and we read through the scriptures, especially in Genesis, and I'm going to reference those scriptures with you in just a second. But as we went through that study, we saw that God did some really strategic things. That God is not a God that is willy-nilly. God is not a God that just does things just to be doing them. But God is a very one, two, three, A, B, C God. And so... In that vein, we should be those types of people as well. Because if we're going to be in the likeness and the image of God, then we need to be a very purposeful and intentional people. Somebody say amen. amen. So now to be intentional means you do something on purpose. To be intentional means that you're deliberate in your actions. That you're, uh, you're calculated. Amen that you're in, you know what the intent is, and you intend on getting that thing done. To be um, intentional means that you plan, you're willful, and you, you have these preconceived, um, you're ready. You know exactly where you're heading and what you're doing. Now, sometimes we don't always know where we're, we're going, but according to the word, we should know where we end up. Y'all want me to prove that? I already read you two scriptures. And I know that all things work together for the good of those that love God and are the called according to his purpose. So we already know the end of that. It's working for us. For I know the plans that I think towards you, they're plans of what? They're not. And they're going to bring you to an expected what? So we already know that that's an intentional scripture. We already know that where we're going to end up with that one. The problem is, we don't know what we're going to be going through. Now, this may sound familiar, but that's good because that's what we come to church for. We could get it repetitively until we get it. And then we need it because we forget sometimes. We get the big head. We forget because we got this. And then we'd be like, oh, I remember that, that Bible study. I remember that preaching. So I don't care what y'all think about if this y'all done heard this before. I'm telling you, you serve an intentional God. He knows what he's doing. 
And in this day and age, he needs us to know who we know is doing what he's doing. Now, we can say God is intentional all we want. But if we don't know that God is going to do exactly what he promised to do, then we're just talking. We're just yapping. And Lord knows, I implore you today not to just be talking anymore. Now, you all know we're transcending, right? So we can't just say we're transcending anymore. Now is the time. I may not see you in three minutes because I might be gone. You might be gone. All of us might be gone if we say because he could crack the sky right when we're sitting in here. So we all need to practice what we preach. And the only way you're going to do that is to be intentional. Let me show you how intentional he was. If we went in scripture and we talked about El Shaddai, we look at the scriptures in Genesis. Y'all go to Genesis. Genesis 17. Are you at Genesis 17? Genesis 17 and 1 reads like this. When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am El Shaddai. Walk before me and be blameless. And I will keep my covenant between me and you and will multiply you exceedingly. How is he going to multiply you? How was he going to multiply Abram? Then Abram fell on his face, and God talked with him. Now, I just saw this, and Abram fell on his face, and God talked with him. If God is intentional, we have to be intentional enough to hear the rest of the story. And the only way we're going to be able to do that is to fall on our faces before a living God and get the instructions we need from a holy God to move forward. Amen? Amen. Fell on his face, and God talked with him. And he said something. As for me, behold, my covenant is with you, and you shall be a father of many nations. Look at what he does. No longer shall your name be called Abram, but your name shall be called Abraham. For I have made you a father of many nations. I will make you, uh, we go again, he's repeating it. I will make you exceedingly what? I will make you exceedingly what? And I will make nations of you and kings shall come from you. And I will establish my covenant between me and you and your descendants after you and their generations for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and your descendants after you. I'm going to stop there because if you would continue to go through the story, remember it's Abram who changed, whose name is changed to Abraham. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. When you hear those three word names alone, the first word you should shout is what? Everybody, when you hear those three words together, you should shout, 
you should shout covenant. Covenant is promise and agreement between God and you. And this particular scripture, he's telling him, I am going to make covenant with you. I'm going to keep this covenant with you. And it's not going to only affect you, but it's going to affect your whole house and your descendants, the generation after generation after generation. I, Abraham, Isaac's folk, Jacob's folks. Continues on, Joseph and everybody else that's connected to those three names. What does that say to us as the believers of God? God is keeping covenant with us. Guess what? We are the heirs and the seed of Abraham. Y'all forgot about that? We are the seed of Abraham. Therefore, that legacy continues from Genesis 17 to 2016. Yeah. I literally walk in Genesis 17 and 1, being that I'm an heir according to the promise. Being that I'm an heir according to the same promise. Being that you're an heir according to the same promise. You walk in the same blessing. And remember, blessing is not a call. That's the result of who you are. Blessing is not a house. That's the result of who you are. Amen. You are the blessing. God has called you blessed. Come on, say, I am blessed. According to the promise. He keeps covenant with me. You got to remember those things. You got to remember those things in the highs and the lows of life. Life is going to happen, but I have to walk confidently in who God called me, and he called me blessed. Amen. He called me blessed. So we see this Genesis 17 and 1 blessing and covenant and promise continued all the way through those covenant promise names. And the thing about it is, y'all, as we studied it, there were so many ups and downs. I think one of the guys was promised that he would marry, right, Elder? And the daddy tricked him, gave him the other girl, lazy-eyed girl, cock-eyed girl, however you want to interpret it. I ain't that legalistic. Glory to God. She was cock-eyed. Amen. Amen. But you know what? I got to give it to that girl. She ain't worried about she had that man, boy. Yeah, Lord, with a cock-eyed self. She had him for a little bit, glory. So if you cock-eyed, work it. It'll work if you work it. Wasn't the promise, though. So he had to work a little bit extra, and he got the promise. And that was even a part of the covenant made with Abram. So see, ups and downs. Even Joseph from the pit to the palace. Ups and downs. Ups and down. Up and down. Some of y'all lost some stuff. Down. Some of y'all gained more. Up. 
Some of y'all lost some family members. Down. Then you had new babies born in the family up. You understand? You be down, but you forget about the ups. God is still in the blessing business. And ain't nothing happening that he didn't already prophesy and say through his prophets that wouldn't happen. So as the believers in Christ, you got to remember the scriptures. In this life, we will have tribulation. But be of good cheer. Five overcome the world. Amen. Ups, down. Up, down. Should have named this message up. Down. But even through that, he's intentional. He's working for your good. Down, he's working for your good. Up, he's working for your good. Down again, he's still working for your good. Up, he's working for your good. Everything, everything in your life is working for your good. It may not feel good. Amen. May not taste good, may not smell good, but it's working for your good. He's intentional, I tell you. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, God is intentional. Praise God, he's intentional. All things are working for your good according to the covenant. Amen? The promise. And God even, Jesus even came on the scene and said, a new covenant I leave with you. Based on the cross. Amen? So even in the New Testament, we hear that word covenant, that promise, that cross. He promised. God promised, hey, I'm not going to leave you comfortless. I'm going to leave you the Holy Spirit. I'm not going to leave you by yourself. So now Jesus comes on the scene, and Jesus goes through some ups and some downs. Some ups. And some down. But even through his ups and downs, even through people calling him the devil, even through people saying all kind of things, he still remains strategic. Remember when there were about 5,000 folk and they needed food? He was preaching. Intentional. He told disciples, he said, I need you to go find some food. Up comes a little lad. Intentional, I tell you. Little boy got some fish and a few loaves. And, he said, and they, they say, what is this among so many? He said, okay, I'm going to be intentional and show you. Sit them down. Intentional. Sit them down. Put them in groups of 50 to 100. Intentional. And everything he does is intentional. Why sit them down? So there won't be chaos. Because remember, he's not the author of confusion. We're trying to do stuff. And God telling you, sit them down. Sit the situation down, and you're still trying to work it. But he's trying to give you a strategy. You're not listening. Come on, listen to God. He's intentional, I tell you. Sit him down so we don't have chaos. Let me work a miracle since there's so much among so many. Let me take this little bit of food and make it much. And then show you that we got fragments. But then first, he blesses it. He's intentional. Why can't we be this intentional? We can do it. We can do it. Watch the scriptures. Follow Jesus. Watch what he did. Watch how strategic he was in certain situations. 
Take your situation, put it against the word of God, and be intentional. And watch God put his hands on it. Watch him. Watch him put his hands on it. A lot of us, we're not letting God put his hands on it. We're just doing it. Got our own strategy. And it ain't work yet. It ain't work yet. Oh, boo-boo, it ain't work yet. Honey, boo-boo, it didn't work. No, no, don't do that. Wait a minute, here's the scripture. Hold on. I don't want to hear that. No, listen to me. I got the word for you. It'll work if you work it. It'll work. It'll work. It'll work. It'll work. It'll get you out of a lot of trouble. In fact, he said, I'll deliver you out of all your fears. Oh, there's scripture, y'all, for everything. He's intentional. All things are working for your good ups and downs. I, was, I heard a story the other day by a wonderful preacher, wonderful, wonderful preacher. And he was saying that he had gone to uh, um, the house of this uh, very, very famous um, screenplay and uh, movie writer. And when he went to his house, huge house with glass um, all over, downstairs, windows everywhere. And he went into a special room with windows and he looked and he had little index cards written all over the windows. He was preparing to write a new movie. And the preacher said, I don't quite understand all this stuff. It looks so confusing. Tell me, how do you write? And the uh, writer responded, um, I start with the last scene first. I start with the last scene first, and I work my way to the beginning. And he says, in fact, when we film the production, we film the last scene first. Then we work our way up to the beginning. That spoke volumes to me. Because it reminded me of Jesus' scripture that says he worked from the end to the beginning. And what else does that say to the people of God? That he knows your expected end. Preacher also said this. He said he had filmed his favorite basketball game. Some of y'all might have heard this story. He filmed his favorite basketball game because he was going to be touring all over, and he wanted to come back and watch it later. But as he was on the plane and on the way back, he heard the people just talking about the game, talking about who won. And so he got home, and he still got in his favorite chair, and he still watched his favorite team. He still put that tape on, with the one he recorded, and he watched it. And when he watched it, he said, boy, the first quarter, his team was messing up. Just messing up. He said, but he was chilling with his popcorn and his peanuts and his soda and his candy. They kept messing up in the second quarter. Second quarter, timeout, you know, had that little halftime, and they were down low. And he said he was just as calm. Why? Because he knew they had already won. He knew the end. Now, y'all know the problem with us is we don't know our end, and we get frantic when we get down. We get frantic, and we're like, oh, Lord, what we going to do? But we do know the end of the story. We know the end of the story. We just read two scriptures that told us the end of our story. For we know that all things 
work together for the good of those that love God and are called according to his purpose. What's the end of that story? Good. I know the plans I think towards you, thoughts of good and not of evil, to bring you to an expected end, a future and a hope. What's the end of that story? A future and a hope. That don't sound bad to me. So as we prepare to walk out of these doors today, we need to know our expected end. We need to know that it's good. So that when you come back to me and you start telling me, When you start, when you just, first of all, you just come looking like something wrong. I ain't saying you can't come to us, but I really want you to go to God, but then you can come to me too. But I'm just saying, all you're going to get from me with your sad face is Jeremiah 29 and 11 and Romans 8 and 28. That's all I got for you. And you will barely have time for that first one. Because I'll pull out some more, but y'all will be done God ghosts. You done God ghosts. But that's what I got for you. Listen, I live by these scriptures. I'm not sitting up here as a novice, okay? I need to give you testimony. I've been down and up and down and up. I have a life just like you, you know. Y'all remember that ain't no superhuman Christians up in here. Come on, let me release you right now in Jesus' name. All y'all superhuman Christians, y'all better tell somebody y'all get down sometime. But now after you tell them that, give them Romans 8 and 28. Get them straight in Jesus' name. Tell them you love them. Tell them you're praying for them. I love my father. I love my father. I, I, I was sitting with my father the other day, and um, he was just giving me words of wisdom. And um, the first thing he said is tell them, come on, let us pray. Come on, let's pray. And I just laughed, y'all. I just laughed because I have said, come on, y'all, let's pray. And them people, y'all, some of y'all be looking at me like, I'm, I'm just trying to be serious now. Some of the people, y'all, some of y'all, I love y'all now. They're looking at me like, I, I really don't, didn't come to you to pray. Thank you, Janae. I really didn't come for you. I, I, I came so you could say, honey, it's going to be all right. God is with you. He's for you. And I'm going to say all that, but I'm going to say, let us pray. And then I'm going to give you a Romans 8 and 28. Jeremiah 29 and 11. And before I give you Jeremiah 29 and 11, don't try to get ghost on me. Y'all stand flat-footed and receive the word of the Lord like you're doing today. Amen. Let the church say amen. Let the church smile. Let the church laugh. Let the church live. Amen. Oh, my God. Let me see if I got anything else to tell y'all. 2 Corinthians 9 and 8 says, God, Now God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that you always having all sufficiency. And I read that as having El Shaddai, 
in all things may have an abundance for every good work. Because remember, El Shaddai is the all-sufficient one. So when I read that, even though it's in the New Testament, I couldn't help but take from my studies and say, having El Shaddai in all things may have an abundance for every good word. Galatians says, for you all, we all sent um, sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you were baptized into Christ, have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male or female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Let the church say amen. Somebody shout intentional. Somebody say, I serve an intentional God. So now, y'all, then we need to be intentional. When we go before God this year, we need to be intentional. Every Bible study, every message, it's strategic for y'all today. It's going to be strategic in the months to come. And it's going to be strategized because, see, God speaks. And when God speaks, we must do what he speaks. And so when God speaks, he speaks intentionally. He speaks purposefully, and it's up to us to follow that purpose. Amen? Y'all still with me? So we got to be intentional. Everybody look at your neighbor and say, let's be intentional together. And I hope some of you are sitting with your spouses or your family member. You definitely need to say that again. Let's be intentional together. Amen. We shouldn't have any schisms in the house. We shouldn't be separated. We should be on the same page. We should be intentional about how we raise the kids. We should be intentional about how we go before God. We should be intentional about how we approach finances. We should be intentional because God is intentional. Somebody say amen. So when you know my four things, P-P-W-W, prayer, praise, worship, and the word. I've held on to that prayer, praise, worship, and the word. As we transcend, we have to be intentional in our prayer life. We have to be intentional with our praise. And praise is not just conducted in the house of God. You should be praising as often as you can in life. If you got to go back to the old saying, when the praises go up, the blessings come down, praise. Praise has got to be intentional. When you enter into his gates, you should enter with thanksgiving. Amen? You should be intentional. You ain't hurting our feelings when you come up here and just look. You're not hurting nobody's feelings. Y'all got to get that old Baptist, Pentecostal, old mentality out your mind charismatic, whatever you were. You are God. You are a child of the Most High God. El Elyon is his name. And when you enter into his gates, you take and drop all religious notions, all traditional notions, and you enter with thanksgiving. The Bible says lift your hands. The Bible says shout unto the Lord. Don't give me that foolishness. The Bible strategically 
and intentionally tells you how to praise God. Transcend. He also intentionally and strategically teaches you how to pray. Remember the model prayer? Adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication. Be made unto God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, shall guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. The scriptures are intentional. When you study the word, it strategically teaches you how to study the word. And when you worship before God, the Bible clearly states how you should come in the presence of a holy God. So if you ever had a question about prayer, praise, worship, and the word, study the scriptures. Go to somebody that knows the scripture. Go to the internet. Find help. Don't leave out with an excuse. God is strategic in that matter. And if we say we're transcending and we're going to be the people of excellence in God, then we have to operate in that excellence. Everybody say, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Smile at me and say, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Yes. Praise God. Last week, we talked about going up at once. In order to go up at once, you got to have confidence in God. You can't be all mealy mouth, scary poo, Sarah Jane. I hope ain't nobody named Sarah Jane in here. If so, I'll apologize later. Come see me. Homely sister, homely brother, woe is me mentality. I can't make it in life. God is looking for people with confidence. Time is winding up. Y'all smiling, but time is winding up. Look around. Look around. I did ask you to smile, didn't I? Look around. He's coming. And he is going to require of us an answer. So I go in my mind's eye before I close. And I imagine myself standing at the throne room of God. And I come before God. It's my turn. And he says, Leslie, what did you do with my word? He's not going to ask me what did I do with real life. That's coming later. He's going to ask me, what did you do? And I want to confidently, yes, God, I want to confidently stand with a smile on my face, Janae. Look at my God and say, I did what you commanded me to do. I walked in your word. I lived by your word. I honored your name. And I walked in your promises. I didn't leave nothing undone. When you said I could have it, God, I went for it. Yes, God. When you said to sit down, I sat down. When you told me to go speak to my neighbor mother, I'm going to tell God, 
I spoke to my neighbor. God, I stand in your presence. I want to hear your voice say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. Enter into the joy of my Lord. That's what I want to hear him say. See, we think about following the word, but we forget that in the word, he said all the promises of God are yes and amen. How many of y'all sitting on some of that stuff? I implore that you don't sit no more because when he comes, he gonna ask you what you did with your gifts. He's gonna ask you if you did everything I told you to do. He's gonna ask you if you wrote all them songs I told you to write. He's gonna ask you, he's gonna ask you, he's gonna ask you, he's gonna ask you if you spoke to God's people when he told you to. He's gonna ask you. He's gonna ask you if you was obedient even when you didn't want to be. He's going to ask you. He's going to ask you. He's going to ask us. He's going to ask us. Everybody stand to your feet. Come on, can we honor God? Can we speak to God in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs? Can we use the fruit of our lips to repent? Can we use the fruit of our lips to thank Him? Can we use the fruit of our lips to Go ahead and let God know that he can depend on you. Go ahead, speak to him. I don't, I don't, that's none of my business. But you go ahead and speak to him. See, I repented. For every time I didn't follow his word, I repented. I repented for every time he gave an opportunity to me and I, I squandered it. I'm, I repented. I made a promise. I made a vow to the Lord and I'm not turning back. For the Bible says if you make a vow, you better put that vow to action. How many vows have you made to the Lord? How many vows? Lord, if you get me out of this one, I promise you I won't do it again. How many vows have you made? If you give me this opportunity, I promise I won't mess. How many vows have you made? Speak to the Lord. Should nobody be looking at me right now? You should be speaking to God with your eyes closed. With your eyes closed. Get into an intimate place with Him. Come on, I'm gonna give you that opportunity. Get into it. If you're on the, if you're playing and you need to talk to Him, I don't care if you stop. If you can play and talk to Him, go ahead. But you need to talk to Him. Thank you, God. for my good. Mm -hmm. It's in 
just soak up his presence <sighs> can you breathe in his presence I'm praying that the presence of the Lord will overwhelm you today let the presence of the Lord overwhelm you knowing what you know Worship you, Lord. 